0: Hello, and thank you for joining us on the Optimal Wealth Podcast, where we discuss creating passive income through real estate. Our mission is to help educate investors on how to grow wealth and invest passively. My name is Jared Alexander, and I am a passive investor, currently in six syndications as a limited partner. I am also the founder of Optimal Equity Group, which is a real estate investment firm that was created primarily to help educate the passive investor. We do that in a couple of different ways. One is we provide education to help give you the confidence to get into the pasta investing space. And two, each episode, we will interview amazing guests that explore the strategies, insights and secrets used by successful investors. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just starting out on your real estate journey, this podcast is designed to help give you the confidence and knowledge you need to make informed and profitable decisions. Welcome to another episode of the Optimal Wealth podcast. I'm your host, Jared Alexander, and today I'm super excited to dive in deep into the space of multifamily and passive investing with our guest, Charlie Hardage. Charlie, welcome to the show. Jared, man, thanks for having me. It's it's a pleasure to be on your show. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, it's uh yeah, I mean feel like we just talked just recently charlie huh
1: yeah it's been maybe 24 hours or so
0: maybe yeah it's yeah. that huh <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um so yeah i actually uh charlie has a has a podcast as well and uh, I was a guest on his show yesterday so definitely an, enjoyed our conversation and and thought he'd bring a, a ton of value to our listeners here and and um he graciously agreed and and now here we are So. yeah <laughs> all right so so Charlie is uh, a little background on Charlie here. He worked in the corporate world for over 12 years in IT sales. He worked with household names like Google, Dell, AWS. Uh, Charlie spent five years in the U S army as an infantry team leader, earning a combat infantryman man badge and purple heart. Um, wow. Charlie, I just wanted to stop there a minute and highlight you know, and just tell you, thank you for your service. Um, Absolutely, man. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he has been investing in real estate since 2017 as a co-founder of H&K Investment Group. Um, he's a part, of, part owner in over 1,050 doors across six properties. And in 2022, he left his full-time job to pursue real estate full-time. His company works with passive investors and helps them achieve financial freedom through cash flow on properties. Um, so Charlie, let's, let's dive in. And if you could, you know, tell listeners uh, a little bit more about your background and, and how you got, uh, uh, how you got involved in real estate and why, why real estate, right?
1: Man. So, so much, uh, so much here. Um, I'll try to lots to unpack for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Try to (laughs) make sure no one falls asleep and that's okay if you do. Um, so I, I, I grew up in Dallas. Uh, I live in Nashville now. Grew up in Dallas. Um, I grew up like most people had that. Uh, you know, I was I was taught uh, do well in school so I can get to get into a good college, uh, do do well at college so I get a good degree, get a good job, climb the corporate ladder as fast as I can, pinch pennies, uh, max out 401k, IRA. And if I have anything left over, then go ahead and put that into mutual funds. Yeah. Uh, and and so I, that's really what I did. Um, I I went to college. Uh, I, I will not say that I had good grades. I almost had to retake some classes in high school and <laughs> had some fun in college. So um, my, my grades weren't really there. I, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. And when I was, uh had been working uh, for Dell selling computers for a couple years, it's like, I'm obviously not getting any younger. So I actually joined the army. I was 25 when I went into the army and that was going to be my career. That's what I wanted to do. I had my mindset on that. Um, When in 2012, I read a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And that completely changed my my outlook, uh, my mindset. I knew real estate was such a great avenue to build wealth, didn't really know how to do that, where to do that, who to do that with. And in 2012, I was injured in the military. And so uh, I'm medically retired. And so my, my lifelong dream of going and, and uh, serving my country for 20, 20 plus years went out the window just like that. So fortunately I just read Rich Dad Poor Dad uh, about 2 or 3 months earlier had my wife send me tons of books over uh I, I was in Afghanistan and uh when I got back home I still had that fire of just keep keep learning and and educating myself and that uh I had this fire burning um and I'll I'll stop there cuz I I could keep going on on me <laughs> Not taking action for for years, but uh, that that's how I got interested in real estate. Is is really having so much free time in Afghanistan that I read a, a, about ten real estate books.
0: So I'm curious, did uh, I mean, did you have a like a buddy or a friend like talking about real estate and what they were doing, or did you just you just kind of decided you want to start educating yourself on what else is out there and and build upon real estate.
1: My, so growing up, my my parents had a couple homes. Right. Um, they had the, the primary residence and they were house hacking before that was the term. And then they also had one small rental right. um, in the late 80s. They sold all that, never had rentals again. And so I, I remember them telling me, yeah, it's a great, you know, great investment. Uh, but they weren't doing it right. And and they were telling me, yeah, it's a great investment, but go do 401k's IRAs and right. and mutual funds. Um in in college, I had um a really good buddy and and now business partner who uh his family had some real estate. Uh his uncle, who lived in a different country, had real estate. And I was like, Man, that's awesome. Let's do that. And so it was always kind of there, but not uh no mentors, no never educated myself uh you know that's before bigger pockets before i knew much about real estate uh rich dad poor dad was out but i didn't read at that point right like i didn't want to read it was a waste of time um and so it, it was just like yeah i had this awesome dream to own real estate but i'm not going to do one single thing to get there except hope and and pray and wish right. you know so there was a little bit there but really i think when i was 10, 11, 12, one of my really good friends, his dad actually owned a business, which was so foreign, foreign to me. And so he was home, you know, a lot took us out to games and and, uh, sporting events and uh, putt putt golf, arcades, movies, all that stuff. I'm like, how is he doing this? So it wasn't really the, the real estate piece that was intriguing to me. It was me being able to control my time. Uh, I didn't know it at the, at that point in my life because I was I was young but it was really that time I, I was time freedom driven is really what pushed me mm-hmm. and then real estate just kind of was there and it wasn't until Rich Dad Poor Dad where I was like what am I doing with my life right well and so and so let's talk
0: about so you you know we fast forward through the let's call it the analysis paralysis stage or or not taking action right <laughs> and um but you know so finally it came up to this point and and i think you know and i know yesterday we talked a lot about mindset too i mean you know a lot of this has to do with mindset and if you could you know tell listeners how you came um or you know how you overcame that middle class mindset
1: yeah, it, it's it's definitely an evolution. I, I feel like, you know, it, these these baby steps I was taking, uh, unfortunately, they were baby steps and they took a long time. But I do feel like if I read Rich Dad Poor Dad, um, you know, when I was in college or, or right after college, I would have been like, yeah, that's great, but but no. Um, really, man, I, I think the biggest thing I, I actually went to grad school. I was applying for, uh, for for school, the last thing I had to do was a video um, recording and it was one minute. I had no idea what the topic would be and so I had to uh, understand that topic and then talk for one minute and prove that I deserved to go uh, and, and get into that program and you know yeah a, a lot of the issue for me Jared was analysis paralysis but it was also risk averse mm. i'm very analytical i'm very strategic or i think i'm strategic but i know i'm analytical mm. and for me a lot of that was what if i don't get in because i i completely butcher this this 60 second you know uh, video that i have to record and i couldn't go back and record it so man, I spent, I spent a couple of days just procrastinating number one, but then number two, I'm like, I got to do it today. It was the weekend and we had plans later in the day and then works, you know, started the next day. And so I was like, all right, I sat down, I came up with everything I could on why I deserved to be in that program. And I, you know, I, I had no idea what it was going to be, but Something that hit me was, what's my biggest weakness? And I spent probably 30 minutes on what is my biggest weakness. Is it that I have analysis paralysis? No, that's a big weakness. Is it that I'm analytical? No, and that's not a weakness. It's the fact that I'm risk averse. I don't take chances. And, you know, you you listen to podcasts, you talk to people. There's so many people out there that say, um, you know, I did this and I made so many mistakes and here I am having done no deals saying what an idiot. Even I know that. Right. Uh, I, I know you can't do that. Um, but yet they have the deal and I don't. Right. right. So at, for, for whatever reason, I just kind of honed in on that Jared. And I was just like, my biggest weakness is the fact that I am extremely risk averse. And then because I'm risk averse, I'm not making, uh, I'm not perfect by any means but I'm not making mis- these mistakes or these massive mistakes that I lose 5 grand 10 grand and so from that I'm not able to learn yeah and how can I hit you know uh, uh my my dream my goal of being financially free from the w2 having time on my you know my my time not working for someone else and I knew being risk averse was just crippling me. Yeah. So um, that that's really kind of, as funny as that sounds, as when I say that back, applying for grad school, which you don't need college, you don't need grad school to be a real estate investor, but that is what started that mindset for me. And then um, a few, I don't know, a year later, so my wife and I did this uh, 75 hard. Mm. And one of that... Uh, for, for uh, the listeners who may have not heard of that, um, you have to work out two times a, a day for 45 minutes. You have to drink a gallon of water. That was the hardest part for me. Um, you have to read 10 pages and um, a few other things, but man, going back to what I said like five, 10 minutes ago, Jared, I hated reading. I did yeah. not like it. There's two points in my life when I've really read, well, three, one was when I had two for school um, another one when I was deployed because we had so much free time. And then the last one is really, it's it's still continuing now. It's when we started 75 hard. And my wife and I, we just came together. And even though we had totally different interests in books, we would talk about it and share stuff with each other. And I think that drew us closer together too, because we were both trying to improve ourselves. It wasn't uh, me doing it. It wasn't her doing it. It was, it was both of us doing it. And so that that drew us together. But um I, I, again, it's just this long evolution, these baby steps that are, you know, incremental gains every single day.
0: Right, right. Yeah. And yeah, a lot to lot to definitely unpack there. But yeah, thanks for walking us through that. And you know, I think just a couple of things to to touch on is, you know, when you were you're talking about your biggest weakness with that being risk adverse. And I think, you know, the society teaches this in a way that, you know, again, like you had mentioned, you you go to school, you go to college, you get a job, you put your money in a safe investment, right? And for those not on video, that's air quote, right? Yep. You know, stock market mutual funds that were taught. And then you work hard and to, you know, for, 30, 40 plus years, and hopefully you have enough money to retire. And, you know, when I asked Charlie about that, overcoming that middle-class mindset, I mean, that's exactly it. That's that's what we're taught growing up. So, you know, Charlie, you may be a little bit more risk adverse than others, but I mean, essentially, I think a lot of us are like that in one form or another is because, know i don't i I mean i work hard for my money i don't want to put it somewhere in an investment that where it's i'm going to lose it all right especially when you you know start you know you got your wife involved and or say you know a family you got kids i mean you know you got to make sure you're making smart decisions so you're not risking your family you know um not being able to pay rent right god forbid if you lose that investment or you know all your money there so you know, I I, I I can definitely relate and understand that that risk adverse and and where that comes from, but you know, on the other hand, like you said, you you you're limiting yourself to grow, yeah. um, because you're not, you know, taking uh, the steps because the I mean, I've done a I, I was like you too, just to highlight about the books. I before I was probably twenty five years old i probably read maybe five books and most of those i think two of them might have been harry potter i did want to read those i of course it's the biggest book you could think of too but you know i just uh for some reason i i, I wanted to do that and other ones were just all through school right all yeah. you know books you had uh macbeth and you know all those right and so you know i i was never a reader as well until i you know, started getting into this space and just, you know, that, that personal growth there anyways, sidebar. But, you know, once I, once I made that step, like, you know, for me, it was all right. I read that rich dad, poor dad. I finally decided to, all right, Hey, this is a route I want to pursue. Right. I, um, obviously, like you said, you're seeing a lot of people that are, that have, you know real estate assets whether it's single family multifamily, storage mo- mobile home whatever that is and they're doing well and they're getting to a point or they are at a point where their work optional and have this time freedom and that's what i i crave that i i wanted to you know i wanted to have that time freedom i mean that's the biggest thing is just buying back my time right yeah, but once I got that first single family under my belt, once I got my foot across that threshold, because it's scary. I mean, there's no mm-hmm. doubt about it, right? It's scary. Once, But once I did that, I, for one, there was a sigh of relief and a craving for more, <laughs> right, too. Yeah. So, so if you could, let's go ahead and jump into, you know, what was your first um, real estate investment? You know, maybe just... Uh, you know, real quick highlight uh, the details on that. And then we're going to transition into, uh, you know, how you, how you got into the uh, uh, passive investing.
1: Yeah. You know, reading and uh, reading books and listening to podcasts and all that uh, and and now having my own podcast and talking to people, it seems like 95, uh, this is a a stat I'm totally making up, but it seems like 95% of, uh, real estate investors get into single family, right? Um, it's the easiest to do and, and all that. So, uh, we, we had a couple single family rentals, um, you know, <laughs> passive income, right? Wrong. Uh, and, and it, it, I, I laughed because I thought it was, it was pretty passive. We had property managers and, uh, on, on two of them, um, it wasn't passive. Uh, you know, I wasn't going up there much, but I was going up there sometimes and I was talking to them a lot. And I, I was like, you know, for the time I'm spending each month and the amount I'm making, which was like a couple hundred bucks, is it worth it? No, because it's there's not these big weekly, monthly checks coming in. Um, and I'm spending time in one wrong issue right um it, it's gonna wipe out the cash flow for at least a year and that's not a major issue that's just an issue yeah uh, having to repaint is gonna wipe out the cash flow for probably eight months you know mm-hmm. repaint a few rooms so it, when when i saw that i was like okay i'm looking for passive income i'm looking for time freedom and this uh, single family doesn't really offer uh either one Quite frankly. Now, the upside to single family when we sold, we made, you know, nice chunk of change when we sold the properties, mm-hmm. but during the hold time wasn't passive and really wasn't income either at that point. Yeah.
0: Well, and I and I think one thing to highlight there is, you know, single family can be a, you know, like you said. I mean, again, we don't know the exact statistics here, but a lot of people get started off in single family, Yep. and and a lot of people are really successful in single family too. I mean, you can make a lot of money. So we're not saying to hey, don't go buy a single family, but what Charlie's just saying is. And, and this was my experience too is i thought it was going to be more passive than it was even though i had a property manager and, and the cash flow you know you get these big repairs that that you know i mean i had a four thousand dollar repair after two two or three weeks of owning the property that wiped my cash flow out for two years you know and the same with charlie and and the thing about it is you factor these repairs into your underwriting so they're called capex right um you know any factor vacancy and other expenses there but you know there's until you start you know listening to podcast you know talking with other people going to network events you just don't know what other opportunities are out there right and then i think this is a good transition so you had a single family experience and then I, you know just another, another note charlie sold the house made some money right so but now you you got exposure to the single family, and so and then what, Charlie? Walk
1: us through your your next steps there. Oh, yeah. So um, the the first single family we we owned was actually a home we lived in first, right? So I don't really consider that uh, an investment because right. we we bought it to live in it and then we rented it out. So, you know, accidental landlord, right? Kind of deal. right. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was, it was more on purpose because I, <laughs> I wanted to be in real estate, but, you know, I, I think, it, and remember Jared, I'm still very, very, very risk averse at this point. Mm. So I never put, um, a big chunk of change to, uh, buy an investment property yet because we put that money down to live in it. Um, so really, uh, I had heard about the syndication space, the multifamily syndication space years before. Um, I I was always kind of going back to it, but I'm like, well, single family just seems so much easier, right? Uh, because it's smaller, so much less to, to manage and uh, to deal with. But I knew some operators, uh, one, uh, he's my uncle, I've known him for almost 40 years now. Um, but my, my uncle was doing the, the, uh, multifamily syndication space. I'd never heard about it from anyone else though. Uh, this was probably eight years ago. Now, uh, never heard anyone else doing it. Didn't know too much about it. I was like, it kind of makes sense, but, uh, not, not for passive investors, not for me. Cause I want to, I want to build a, a real estate empire. So I still, uh, probably I think it was 2020 or so, uh, 2019, somewhere in there where I said, screw this, I I have to take action, I have to do something. So the, the most logical next step for me, again, baby steps uh, for me was, I'm not buying an apartment complex. I'm passively investing with a team that has over $3 billion of assets. They've done it over a hundred times uh, I think it was 150 times. I know their track record. Uh, I know the the good and the ugly about it. So instead of me you know, still sitting on these sidelines after five years of me wanting to invest, I'm just gonna put my money in with him. And I remember wiring the money thinking, oh my gosh, this is crazy. This is so crazy. And about three days later, another uh, email hit my inbox and I texted him, I said, Wait, you have another deal? He's like, Yeah, we put an offer on this deal and we didn't win it. But now the the people that won it, they're backing out. So they want to go with our offer. So I kid you not, after not investing in uh for, for years, not six, seven, eight years, I wired uh fifty thousand dollars over within uh two times within three days. That's how much I knew. I needed to take action because I'm seeing everyone else it's not fomo it's the fact that uh I'm going to uh, miss out on a good retirement if I don't do something yeah. right and I think that was you know again going back that that mindset started changing I'm not ta- I'm risk averse I'm not taking um any action uh let alone massive action I I, I said screw it I'm investing and then 3 days later i'm investing again and my wife is like what are you doing but <laughs> i was just <laughs> i i knew yeah. this was what i want to do long term right and what was cool about that too jared is you know i mentioned their their phenomenal track record um i also am able to learn from him in general um mm-hmm. You know, with with this deal or or without these deals, and so he's actually been a, a very big mentor to help uh, with underwriting and part uh, networking, finding people. So had had kind of the in, inside track there. But after I wired those those two wires for those two deals, man, felt amazing.
0: Yeah, no, that's awesome, and I, I totally relate to you, Charlie. I I did the same thing. I um. I mean man I probably invested in a handful of deals within a year and a half right and yeah. I um and and yeah with and my wife I remember you know we're you know sending $25,000 checks $50,000 wires you know right and she's like what are we doing here do we even know nobody cuz you you know they we you barely know about this getting into this space and then of course we do our research and but they don't know much and then so they're like what what is this again going back to that mindset it's just hey we're taught put your money in the stock market 401k iras things like that and and so it was let's just say it was definitely a conversation piece charlie uh between me and my wife for sure oh oh yeah but but i'm with you man i i started um and i honestly think it was like a healthy fear of you know, for me, like being in sales and commission based, right, is I wanted to get I wanted to provide a backup plan and a retirement plan for my family. Yeah. Um, and bottom line, and there's of course we know real estate, there's a lot of benefits. Um, but it's it's really just a different bucket. So we're in, and Charlie and I aren't saying don't invest in the stock market, right? But I, I think it's super important to diversify and just have different buckets to put your money in and let it grow right um and now i will say and i'll go on record with this i'm definitely more heavily into real estate just because i really believe in this asset you know class i i you know there's just so many benefits again you know the tax to the um growing your well to the compound to the brick and mortar i mean i again just love this space but um but yeah i mean just just diversifying so and and i and i i want to touch on too is you know i it's amazing how you can be so risk adverse and then wire over 100 grand within three days
1: right like you talk about the mindset <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah man <laughs> absolutely and it, it's funny to to hear you say it because i I didn't look at it that way at the time. And now looking back, it's like, okay, so hold on, you're lying. You spent seven years sitting on the sidelines and then within three days, two different deals. Yeah. And and I think that's, that was just, um, I knew what I was doing wasn't working. I knew working until I was 65, 75 years old pinching pennies, um, hopefully I could retire with a nice nest egg of, you know, a million dollars in my, my IRAs, um, which a million dollars in 30, 40 years, isn't going to be the same anywhere near right. what it is, even in, uh, in 10 years. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, I knew what I was doing wasn't going to work for me. I didn't like my job. Um, I, I wanted that time freedom and I knew real estate uh, you know, makes 90, 95% of self-made millionaires that they make their money through real estate. And why, you know, I, I want to, there's a lot dumber people than me doing a lot better than me. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, because they, they take action. So when I had the opportunity, I said, yeah, I'm, I'm all in. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And, Yeah. I mean, and, and, and then
0: just goes back to taking action. Right. I mean, again, once you, you know, definitely educate yourself for sure, which, you know, there's podcasts like Charlie and I have, there's a ton of books, ton of resources out there that you can use. I mean, ton of free content really, um, that, you know, you could learn from But the biggest thing is once you find something is just take that action. And I'm sure you'll have Charlie and I's experiences where you just want to do more um and Absolutely. the cool thing is is you got that compound in effect there's a huge benefit i mean you're not gonna you're not gonna double your money in you know a year well well <laughs> depending on what you do but typically this is a long-term goal but you, you got to think in the future right and i think it's super important and we i was just talking about this on a previous podcast where i was recording and what 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 are your goals what are your investment goals what's your why you know it's very important to determine what that is because this type of investing may may not be for you right there's there's a lot of other streams you know we were talking about this yesterday charlie cash flow versus growth, right you know so it's it's very important to determine what type of investor you are what are your goals what are you looking to achieve and um, and then yeah, again, real estate is a great way to um, to create wealth and and you know have a, a good retirement
1: set up. Yeah, so, and Jared, you yeah. Uh, you talked about the compound effect, and uh, most people are visual learners, right? And I I mentioned I'm analytical, I'm decent with spreadsheets. Um, what I did uh, about a year year and a half ago was I said, okay. Fifty. If I invested fifty thousand dollars one time, how much is that going to be when I retire? And I had about thirty-five years or so to retire. That was, I think, it's six point four million dollars if I just keep reinvesting one-time investment.
0: And that's in and, a syndication, correct? Yep,
1: in yep. okay. a syndication, hundred yep. percent passive. Yeah, uh, the only work I'm doing is vetting the operator and wiring my money, signing the paperwork. Right. Um, you know, once every few years right so five year five year um uh goal to double money keep reinvesting reinvesting 35 years 6.4 million something like that mm. so i think that's powerful you know yeah. when i when i wrote that out i was like wow i never saw this before
0: you know <laughs> well and just to add on to that think about investing $50,000 per year right right uh, like not that good at, at math but that's no, a lot no but <laughs> i don't think you have to be to imagine the numbers that you know right and so yeah. um it's just yeah again going and thanks for highlighting that Charlie too because that compound effect and i'm i'm a visual learner myself and and i i like putting examples to things too and and when you do that that's what gets me excited about you know about yeah. passive investing and again it's the the most passive that i found that you can be in, in real estate is you're you're letting somebody else do the work and you're giving your return based on your investment. Oh. Um, yeah. And
1: that, that's pretty that, remarkable. Yeah. That doesn't include tax benefits. That does, you know, yeah, that right. that's that's to me. That's yeah. not to that's not the entire deal. That's to me. Yeah. Whereas if you invest in in uh, IRAs or 401k's you know, stock market does what seven to ten percent a year. That's that's the stock market. That's before the fees. Yeah. But when you talk to real estate investors, that's after the fees. Right.
0: Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for that clarification. Yeah. Because I mean, if you got a, a broker, or, you know, you're working with one of these bigger firms, they're they're definitely getting their commissions and fees off of off multiple times for sure. Yep. Multiple times. So, yeah, don't look at just your return. Look at your bottom line. Yeah, I mean, I think that's something very Jim Pfeiffer actually talks about that with left phone investors. Is look at that bottom line number. That's it's you know, it's from um can be very eye-opening for sure, right? Yep. Um so so let's talk about because I know you're uh you so you did that past investment. You actually you did those two. And then I, I know you moved it more into the active space. So I I, I real quick just want to touch on, I believe you leverage some HELOCs which is a home equity line of credit right uh, to build some of your portfolio so if you could walk us through building your portfolio and then now how you help others how you help educate others as well about this space
1: going back to the analytical piece um i uh, I'm, I'm trying to sum it up. Um, essentially I I saw a video. I didn't know it at the time. It's called velocity banking. It's how you can, you know, again, me being risk averse and middle-class mindset, how, how we could pay off our home in seven years. Um, and as I was going through the numbers, I of course built a calculator. That's what I do. And I realized we can pay off our home in seven years and invest at the same time. And so we, we had, without running through, uh, give a high level of the numbers, I think we had about 100,000 in equity in, our, in the home, took out a HELOC, uh, put some money down on the house, on our uh, primary mortgage, on the balance, refinanced the HELOC, and we used uh, the rest to invest in, uh, in real estate. And some people say, oh, that's really risky. I have so many rebuttals for that. Um, we had we had a, uh, about 150k or so in in IRAs, 401ks. I had a great job, uh, phenomenal job, actually. We had some rental properties. So, like, Plan D would be oh, we're screwed, right? That's if if there's a massive recession, if I lost my job and the home values plummeted we had equity in in, uh some of the other homes as well so we liked it so much um on a rental property we took out a heloc and also invested with that um and then the way what velocity banking says or, or is about is all of your instead of having a savings account all of your money just goes to pay down the heloc as quick as possible so you can repeat that process so Essentially, what we did is is we leveraged a line of credit. Um, We uh, started paying down our mortgage, uh, started investing with it, and all of the income from everything from the jobs, from rental properties, all that went to pay down the HELOC. And so we were able we had uh, more credit on the HELOC, and so we got into some more deals that way. Nice.
0: You know, and it just it baffles me too, because being so risk adverse, right? So, again, doing two deals in a matter of three days. And then now leveraging your HELOC, right? On a primary, and to, you know, which it just shows you the, you know, the power of leveraging, right? As long as you're being smart, you know, and, Again, I mean, you got you want to mitigate your risk as much as possible. Nothing's recession proof. Right. Nothing's going to be risk proof. I mean, the bottom line is with investing, the worst case scenario is you could lose all your money or, you know, and and in this case, you're a HELOC, right? You can lose your primary residence. Um, but, you know, right, you said you're, you're like you said, you're super analytical, you put it on a spreadsheet. And one thing I found when I'm doing underwriting is if the numbers work, the numbers work right you know you do your stress test right your you things you know you you plan for the market not going the way it's it's supposed to i mean we just saw that with this interest rate hike i mean you know you want to definitely plan on this stuff but again if the numbers work the numbers work so yeah thanks for thanks for highlighting that Charlie. and i think it's super important to, uh um just for listeners, that you don't have to have a hundred thousand dollars sitting in the bank. There's other ways to to leverage some of the equity in your home. Again, I just want to clarify being smart about it, right? You you definitely want to, you know, if you're not sure what you're doing, have somebody that's done it before or knows real estate. Take a look at your numbers. But it's it's a great way to to get involved in the, the, some of these deals or leveraging your self-directed IRA accounts right you can invest in these and solo 401ks um and other things like that as well so yeah there's um to summon a lot of opportunities too, to to get involved so you you leverage your HELOC, you, you end up building your portfolio there so let's um yeah let's talk about uh you know what what you're doing now let's talk about hK investment group um and then how you're helping getting the word out and, and educate others about this space
1: yeah it's interesting because i feel like uh the syndication space you know it it, it is a small community if you're brand new to if, if you came upon this podcast or came, came across me or, or you jared uh and you're like what's this about You've probably never heard of this. You probably don't know anyone doing it. Yeah. But being in this space, uh, Jared and I could probably say 10 names and and we know seven of them, right? Yeah. It's a very small space. And so at H and K, what what we're trying to do is just educate um, through the podcast, through you know, through your podcast, going on podcasts like yours, Jared, and just sharing our story. Uh, having you share your story with my audience, it's, it just, the more people hear it, the more it starts clicking, the more it starts to, uh, to make sense. Um, we don't do too many podcasts, but, uh, I like to post about, or uh, not podcasts, webinars, excuse me. Um, I like to post about it on social media, um, we're we're starting a community uh, uh, for real estate investors just to learn and network um man, there's there's been a lot of stuff that we've done as far as what we're gonna do in the next 12 months start a meetup for uh and, and I know you you're from Fayetteville, North Carolina I was I was in the army there um which is funny because we didn't talk about that yesterday but. Um, we're actually going to start a, uh, meet up for military members, uh, both active and retired or, 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 um, veterans, because, uh, again, a lot of people don't know about the syndication space They're You know, if you're in the military, you're taught TSP, if you're out of the military or, or, or government, then it's 401k and IRA. So we just want to educate people, Hey, there's other options out there that, You've never heard about before. And right. It's not a Ponzi scheme. It's not a not a scam. It's it's literally how the wealthy have been investing for a long time. Yeah. And now normal common people like me and you, you know, us peasants, now <laughs> we can invest in these uh uh massive million and million uh millions of dollars of assets. We can do it, just normal people like us. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And
0: you know. Not a lot of people know about this space. Like you were talking about, like you know, once you get involved in the space, and yeah, you start getting to know one another and and know the big names and stuff. But you know, I think that's that's part of our responsibility, Charlie, of doing what we're doing is just yep. helping educate others. Again, just going, just putting your, you know, your portfolio right, investing in just a different bucket. This is yep. again, just a just another resource another tool to help get you to your goals right and uh you know yeah I I just you know I Charlie, I, I was telling you yesterday, like, thank God we have these podcasts. Cause my wife, you know, I, I could just talk for hours about this stuff. And my wife is just like, just get, go, go somewhere. Right. Yeah. Like she doesn't, she can hear a little bit of it, but at, at a certain point she's like, all right, go, go in your office and, and do one of those calls or something, you know? Right. Yeah. And, but I, but I, I have such a passion for it as I, I can tell you do as well. I mean, cause you know, this is life changing. Right. You know, life changing. And I mean, if you can take 15 years off your off your work life or be work optional, even if you love what you do, just have the option you know to to have more freedom and you know have a choice right and retire at 50 instead of 65 i mean that's huge yep. i mean charlie and i know people that have retired in three to five years just based on doing this now granted i will say they play more of an active role but it's possible right and going back to that mindset is it just depends all right you get a goal you know well first establish your goals and then you know, get an action plan together and just, you know, have that that change of mindset or that mindset shift to, all right, here's what I'm gonna do to achieve it. And I'll tell you, Charlie, I think one thing too, that talking about this mindset is I, I steadily educate, like we're, you know, and, and listen to books when I'm at the gym, things like that, because, it's easy when things get a little tough or life gets really busy. It's easy just uh, to want to stop doing what you're doing or quit or not doing this or not taking this step or this right. And you know, man, I've quit a lot of things in my head, but thank God I, you know, I I got the mindset stuff I listen to and the resources and people like you, Charlie, that I can talk to and you know just
1: kind of help get me over those those bumps in the road, right? Yep. So. Um, Yep. Community is a huge thing. And I think with social media, we're all kind of, it's, it's not really social, you know? Yeah. Um, and then I think COVID kind of put a damper on, on communities and and people getting out. And and so communities, I think a huge, huge piece of this. Yeah, absolutely. And then speaking of that, I
0: love what you're doing, you know, in, in Nashville or you're, you're in Nashville, right? Tennessee. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I love what you're doing there with the uh, with the veterans and, and the active military there. Um, so well, kind of a a segue here. we're gonna go into our our fire round. What I'm gonna do, Charlie is I'm gonna ask you four questions. and one is if you could recommend uh, a real estate book. And uh, that would help investors for just starting out, and then a mindset um, book that is, um, you know, that well, a, a book about mindset that that has helped you along the
1: way. So I'm going to go. Maybe most of your guests have said this, but if you have not read Rich Dad Poor Dad, pause this. What, where, wherever you're listening, pause it. Get it on Audible. Go to Barnes and Noble um hopefully you get sponsored by barnes and noble with that but um man rich dad poor dad really was so eye-opening for me and it doesn't it it doesn't necessarily talk about how you can get into syndications right yeah but it is just why it's how the wealthy minds work where you and i weren't born that way um most people aren't born that way but uh, rich dad poor dad 100 100%. Yeah, totally agree. For for the mindset, there's so many. Um I I think one and and I uh, can't hurt me by David Goggins um absolutely unbelievable story um went from obese uh, to now one of the best athletes in the world Mm -hmm. and he did it because of his mindset um not not because he's in he wanted to get in good shape um i mean that that book is amazing
0: yeah no it's funny as our last guest too just um they referenced that david goggins book as well yeah Um, it's amazing
1: yeah and um, I would recommend the audible version if you like uh, audible, because it's also kind of like a podcast in the middle. They read the chapter and then they spend like 10 to 20 minutes just talking about the chapter. And David Goggins goes into a little more detail. So if you like audible uh, audibles, then I would I'd get that one. Yeah. Well, thanks. Yeah. I Actually, I'm adding that to my list for sure.
0: So thanks for sharing that. Um, all right, next question here. What is a
1: practical first steps the audience can take to explore the space of passive investing? So you're you're already listening to podcasts, um, so I'm not going to mention that because I, I think that's a, a great way to learn more. Uh, when you find a podcast, go back and listen to others. Um, one thing that you could do is reach out to the people on the podcast. Um, Almost everyone that I've interviewed, I'm sure almost everyone that you've interviewed, Jared would would talk to you um, if you're new or newer to investing. And I'm I'm going somewhere with this, but one of the things that I did when I first started learning about syndication was I attended so many webinars. Uh, you know, I knew I didn't have the capital to invest in all these deals, but I I went to probably a couple dozen webinars. Learned why they like that property. What about the property made sense? You know what was their business plan. Learned about teams, people, uh, things like that. Where you know they're and on social media, uh, you may hear, "Oh, we just closed on a deal," but they may may not talk about that with you, right? Maybe they will, maybe they won't. But on webinars, they do deep dives. And so you're able to to ask questions and and learn so much about how they operate, what they look for, and what they're planning on doing with the property. So after you talk to a, a, enough uh, or hear enough webinars and talk to enough people, now now you're going from okay, I understand what they're doing instead of being like a you know all that's uh, foreign to me. You you understand what they're doing and why they're doing it.
0: Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah, love that. Um, next question here, what is a daily habit you practice keeping you on track towards your
1: goals? Great question. Um, this is a a habit I had for, for years. I got away from it for about five years and about six weeks ago I sat down and I'm like, okay, what are my goals for 2024? And instead of, okay, here's my goals. Okay. I'm going to go watch TV now. It was okay. Here's my goals. And then I broke them down into what I wanna do each quarter, mm-hmm. uh, each month, week, and day. And so I have SMART goals. And SMART goals are very motivating for me because it breaks it down. Um, I'm sure most people have heard of SMART goals, but mm-hmm. it's a specific goal. It's something that you can measure. You can uh, attain it and uh, it's realistic and there's a time frame on it. So for example, um, I want to get into one deal this year or one multifamily deal this year. Um, I want to uh, go to five webinars uh, this quarter, you know, what, whatever it is, you can come up with smart goals and that will keep you on track. Yeah. No, I love that. You know,
0: and, and Brandon Turner, I was actually on one of his goal setting um, webinars, speaking of that, that he did uh, at the beginning of the year. And, and yeah, and it's, you know smart goals are and just like so once you determine your goals for the year right is is break that down like charlie said into those quarters and then one thing he talks about and charlie you talked about this as well is just that habit tracker right mm-hmm. and i think it's super important it's like okay hey i want to i want to work out you know um X number of days, right? You know, so instead of saying, "Hey, I want to work out every day or do something active every day," it's like, "No, just do something active for 300 days, right?" And then break that down to weekly and say, "Hey, you know what? I'm going to work out four to five times, or maybe just four times a week, right?" And and if you miss a day, it's okay. You got two more or three more to you know to make up, you know. And so it's just again going back to mindset, right? If you can break that down into small little chunks. Um, I have a good friend of mine. It's like, how do you, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at, at a time. time yep. right? So yeah, no, I love that try And thanks for breaking that down too. I think that's super important, um, to achieving because sometimes you set these goals, that can be overwhelming, right? I mean, it's, it, it can, you know, be, yeah. So, all right, well, let's, let's go into the the last and final question here. If you could be remembered for one thing, what would that be? great
1: question um i want to help uh, veterans with ptsd i have ptsd myself and we we lose a lot i've probably lost nine to ten people i served with through suicide Mm. and I don't know how to help them yet, but I want to have some type of organization or partner with an organization that I, I can get behind to build, you know, we talked about community, but I, I'm gonna bring that back and, and have that community, that brotherhood and sisterhood um, and just to help veterans. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I love that, man.
0: And and again, community is so important And and, want to want to tell you again thank you for your service and and all that you've done too and uh, you know um yeah just the the friends you lose and, and stuff you know i don't have that experience being in the service but definitely have lost some some close friends of mine and it's tough you know and mm-hmm. if there's something we could do some you know do something um yeah man i totally support you that and and Great answer. It just it speaks a lot about your character, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Is, you know, just that giving back mentality. Right. You know, because our our uh some of our toughest times can be our, you know, our most influential experiences to others. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, Charlie, great, great podcast today. I I really enjoyed just just diving in deep to the world of real estate, community mindset. I mean, there was so many things we touched on here. And um, if you could, before we, before
1: I let you go, man, tell listeners how they can connect with you and yeah, learn more about you. The the best way to reach out to me would be on LinkedIn, uh, Charlie Hartage, H-A-R-D-A-G-E. We have a website, have a podcast, but um, uh, hkigllc.com is the website. Um, LinkedIn is is would be the best way. Awesome. Well,
0: Charlie, thanks again for for joining us on the show, man. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um,
1: Man, thanks for having me. Nice talking to you again. All right. Yeah.
0: Thank you for listening to the Optimal Wealth Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, be sure to optimize your results and take massive action on what you have learned here today. For more, visit Optimal Equity Group dot com.